Hi, this is Nick from uh, Paranormal Research Investigators UK. This is the next in a series of podcasts that we're doing. Um, I'm with Andy. Um, he's going to give us his considered opinion on the subject of vision uh, and the paranormal, the effect that uh, vision has on the paranormal, or perhaps the uh, effect that paranormal has on vision, if you could look at it from that point of view. So um, without further ado... I'll hand you over to Andy, and uh, he'll talk about vision. Right, Nick. Um, okay, so what I've done is I've um, made a list of um, things that happen or people report that ha- that happens to them, and it's and this is just purely about what they see. Okay, it's not about any other senses. It's not about mm-hmm. um, sound. It's not about touch. It's not about anything like that. We're just going to concentrate purely on what people report they see happens to them or whether they see something that happens to other people. So the first thing that I want to start with is just basically talk about when they, when someone reports a ghost, um, mm-hmm. they might describe it as a transparent humanoid figure. They might say it looked solid to them, a solid humanoid. Uh, some say they see a fully formed humanoid figure. Uh, others report that they only seem they only saw part of the humanoid, so they might not yep. see the legs, or they yeah. might not see the arm, or the headless horseman, or the head. Well, yeah, the head. Sometimes they can report seeing the head by itself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk about um, you know being lazy. <laughs> you know, they can't be asked to fully form, but that'll probably be me actually. Yeah. Uh, miniature formed humanoid, so they see you know different size humanoids, not all. Uh, normal size, so like, on, on, on a different scale, right? Yeah, than... yeah. They report that the humanoid fades away, um, okay, yeah. or it might instantly disappear in front yeah. of their eyes. Yeah. Or some people report that this humanoid figure is suddenly sucked away as if it's in a vacuum. You know, it's, mm. it's, uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, people report shadows, shadow people, various heights, uh, but these are usually caught out of the corner of their eyes which we'll talk about a bit more later on yep. um, people see black mass and apparent uh, haunt, uh, hauntings people claim to see orbs um, and do they have their own light source and move intelligently these are orbs that you see with your eyes right, I'm not okay. going to talk about photographs because that's, right. a, that's a different topic yep. um, but these are things that people apparently report with, with their own eyes uh, people say that when they see something paranormal, they see red eyes. They might mm-hmm. see glowing shapes. Yeah. Uh, mist. Um, sometimes the mist that um, appears can cast a shadow on a nearby wall, which is interesting. Uh, they might see white mist. Yeah. Um, which is only seen via infrared. And I think that happened on some poltergeist cases. Some people say they see blue mist. Some people say they see green, hovering, shining light. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people say they see green fog. Uh, some people say it might be ectoplasmic fog, <laughs> uh, Mister Fog that can can see with their own eyes. I mean, I don't believe in ectoplasmic uh, plasm or whatever it's called. Um, not by the photographs that we, you know, you see. The, the well, result. it all looks a bit like candy floss. Doesn't yeah. It? Um, I think they use dishcloth and all that sort <laughs> well, of stuff. Muslim. So, yeah. Muslim. Muslim, not Muslim. That's a great <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. Muslim, right. 
rags. But uh, and of course, the other thing um, is that uh, people see the uh, the apparition. I mean, sometimes it's claimed that they're two dimensional. In other words, they're almost like a cardboard cutout. Um, others claim that they're very much three dimensional. So obviously, they they have perspective. Um, yeah, well. I, I mean, um, I think a lot of people say it, it looked solid human. You know, it yes. was, um, yeah. and I think after I go through this list, we'll talk a bit more about other alternative explanations for yep. it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, some people say they see blue flames on, and this can happen on thermal cameras. Um, so that that's interesting. Why? Because usually a, a flame would be red or yellow hot, you know, not, not cold. Yes, you know, so. but of course, again, that that ties in with, I, I guess, folklore and the the Jack and the Greens or Jack O' Lanterns or whatever the people want to call them. You know, that, which I think most people attribute to some sort of marsh gas or something. But but then. People do claim that uh, it has some sort of paranormal um, uh, substance. Yeah. Some people say that they see uh, twinkles of blue light. I mean, what's interesting is blue-green tend to be, I believe, colours of um, electrons when they get excited. They can, the wavelength can come off them. I'm not a particle physicist, so I could be wrong. <laughs> Um, I'm sure yeah. other people might say that's not true, but yeah. um, but I have read somewhere that blue and green light are are side effects of excited electrons. When okay. uh, well, so, that, that that actually that that yeah. does um, have some sort of relationship because, of course, if you think of the Northern Lights, mm. um, I mean, I think that the the, the these, this the is not Newcastle. It's not, not, it's not Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the time fog. Yeah, it's it's the uh, um, again. Let me get let me get me facts right. Rearrange my brain a little bit. But uh, but obviously the Northern Lights um, again excited particles. Um, uh, green, I think, is the the oxygen. Um, there are red hues, which I think is nitrogen. So again, that bears out that your 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 idea in terms of the colour. I mean, I know red, but certainly the green. Yeah. Um, doppelgangers. Some people, when they visually see a, an activity, they can claim to see themselves, or yeah. or, or, or the spitting image of someone else. Um, what I've noted is that when they do see figures, um, sometimes they can have just black eyes, or they could, the eyes could just be all white. Mm. There's no kind of mm. definition to the eyes. Right. Um, what's interesting is that I've yet to come across a case where an apparition was able to physically pick up an object or, or move an object. You know, when you, you either see the apparition by itself or you might see an object move by itself, but right. you'll, you'll not okay. see an apparition yeah. move yeah. an object. Yeah. Um, Although objects move. Yes. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not saying they don't yeah. move. But, but, of course, the other thing, um, and I don't know whether you, you're going to come on to that, but it just as a thought, and perhaps we'll come on to that a little bit later, is that the fact that uh, to see something, I mean, for us as humans, to see something using our powers of vision, I mean, first of all, we, we use our eyes to receive the light, and then it's our brains, isn't it, that actually uh, sort of actually sees um, or makes sense of what we're looking at. But, of course, um, what, what I'm trying to say is that for something to be seen, um, it either has to emit light or it has to effectively reflect light yeah. So anyway, we'll come on to that. Uh, and I, I do believe um, Thomas Fusco, who wrote um, 
behind the cosmic veil, his argument that it would take the energy output of the sun for an apparition, apparition to get enough energy to be able to manifest. Oh, okay. Right. You know, so so you're talking a lot, a lot of energy yeah, for, for so one. Yeah, for one. Um, one phenomena yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so he he's quite he, he's quite skeptical about the what is an apparition you know when people claim that the ghost draws energy from the surrounding environment you know from the heat mm. in fact heat is probably one of the worst kind of energy energy sources he can draw from um uh, but anyway I'll, I'll go back on to the fact that when people do see an apparition it's very rare for the apparition to talk to yep. the person yeah Yes. You know, you see it, um, yes. they might be doing something, but they won't turn around and say, hi, <laughs> how's it going, how's it hanging? You know, yes. you, don't, you don't see an apparition engage much with with, um, with the witness. Yes, and I think that that's not just a sort of talking. Um, they don't seem to see you, although you don't necessarily, although you're seeing them. Mm. Um, and sometimes they look surprised, sometimes there's, as if they are seeing you, and they're just as shocked right, as you yes, are of yes. seeing each other. Yes. Which then goes down into the line of, like, is it another sort of dimension or is it uh, another multi-world, you know... Um, a time slip. Yeah, time slip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, teleports and airports are rarely seen in real time. Yeah, you, you normally notice an object will, would have moved position, but it's very rare to see it actually happen in front of your eyes. Yep, okay. So yes. that's, that's quite interesting. Yeah. And and I think the other thing is that when these things do apport, they appear to do it quite slowly. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not in almost like real time. It doesn't seem to have that kind of uh, real-time effect. When you're looking at it and it's or something's being thrown, it seems to be very sort of slowly, a bit slow motion, um, which gives it an otherworldly feel, I guess, to it. Yeah, I mean, and just go slightly off topic, is the airports and the teleports, I think you mentioned that on the other podcast where a storm can feel warmer. Yes. And um, actually, uh, when particles get excited and then start to go back down to the natural state, uh, that can cause warmth, I believe. Right. So is there something about uh, how the atoms are being manipulated for it to disappear and come back again, or who knows? You know, it's uh... well. That's the whole point. We don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, best I can do is throw a stone through a window. <laughs> that's probably a not my windows. Not my windows. Um, but what I'm going to do? I mean, that's that's the kind of sort of observations I've made about the paranormal and vision. Yes. And you, you are right. We see with our brain. So our brain will fill in gaps. If it doesn't quite see something properly, it will, what's called a visual substitution, it will, it will um, fix something into yeah. that place. Again, the pareidolia effect, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. The, yeah. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, alternative explanations because obviously not everything you see is paranormal, but it can no. be reported as paranormal. So, so the counterbalance to these... Um, phenomena that people report but I just read out yeah is that other people can say well actually you know there's misperception there's you know there's a lot of things that could be happening which you haven't considered and I just want to bring the attention to um, research articles that are available online they're free um, they're available from from this organization called 
the Association for the Scientific Study of Anonymous Phenomena, ASAP, and um, they're a good, good, um, serious uh, paranormal research group. Um, They are very dedicated. They take themselves very professional, and you can join. Fifteen pound a year it is. Uh, I do recommend that you visit their website and join. There are you get a lot back for for your money, and you do get some very detailed. And I've certainly learned a lot just by reading their website. Mm. You know, it, it's, mm. it's 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 made my process of um, understanding the paranormal accelerate. You know, I've, I've kind of I feel like it's you know it saved me many years of making mistakes that I might have done because right. you learn from other people and, yes. what, and what they've yes. experienced. And I'd just like to say that a lot of the research articles that um, are on there. Uh, online, uh, free, uh, have been written by someone called Morris Townsend, and I believe he was one of the uh, co-founders or original founders of the ASAP in 1981. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, his his information's yeah. brilliant. I yeah. do recommend people have a look at it. Anyone with a serious interest in paranormal, or if you think your house is haunted, have a look on this website. You'll see other explanations, what things might be, and um, I fully recommend it. So I just want to talk a bit about That's what good stuff. Yeah, well, well, what, what he's. I mean, first off, he's written like you know things about well, how do you know you've seen a ghost? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what are the best signs that you've seen a ghost? So, so things like, you know, Morris has looked at um, um, if you claim to see a figure wearing old-fashioned clothes, um, it's unlikely you've seen a ghost because it's probably going to be an actor or reenactor fancy dress. Um, if you see a transparent figure, again, he thinks it's unlikely because, you know, photographs can be long expo- exposure, and in real life, uh, you might have hallucinated. Right. Oh, okay. So, um, if you see a figure in a haunted location, um, he said, it, "Well, maybe you've seen a ghost because um, unless the location is secure, then it could be an ordinary person happened to be in that area at the time." Um. If you see a figure that behaves strangely, he thinks that it's probably unlikely it's a ghost because it could be anyone behaving strangely. <laughs> There's a lot of strangely strange people out there, basically. There certainly yeah. are. Especially where we live. Uh, um, <laughs> Saturday but, morning, yes. <laughs> what about um, if a figure does something that seems impossible, then, you know, he said, well, it might be a ghost. Um, but then again, it could be misperception. It could be hallucination. Um, if the figure... Um, should not be there. Um, that then again, that could be a ghost, um, unless it's someone who happens to arrive unexpectedly. And and, and then if it's an unexpected figure seen in a photograph uh, and patterns in photographs, then it's unlikely because, you know, as you mentioned before, figures and faces mm. can have to have been seen in random Im- images and patterns. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the classic orb, you know, um, we all know that if you see an orb in a photograph, it's 99.9% certain it's a dust particle. Well, I think, I think that's fairly well established now. Yeah. I mean, I think Steve Parsons, another famous uh, paranormal investigator, has, has poo-pooed the idea. I think he's uh, more or less put the kibosh on the idea that uh, orbs can be photographed. Yeah, I mean, I recommend reading his book, Ghostology. Uh, for anyone who has got a further interest in, in the paranormal, it's very easy to read, um, and it's very um, well detailed and researched, and um, certainly increased my understanding tenfold, basically. Yes, 
Yes, good book. So, so Morris says that you know most ghosts are reported to look solid and not look like normal people. Um, there's very few transparent apparitions uh, being seen. Um, but of course, in TV shows, they always seem to be transparent, don't they? When uh, just to give it effect, I guess. That's yeah. the classic uh, yeah. concept, isn't it? I think he talks a bit about ghosts are very rarely seen to be interacting with the environment, so you wouldn't see a ghost knocking on walls or moving objects. So he gives he gives a definition of what a ghost is, and he said the most common definition is is someone saying, "Oh, it's a returning spirit," you know, it's a deceased person coming back to uh, to give a message. Um, however, he, a definition that would be more useful is a ghost as a figure of a human or an animal that cannot be physically present. If a witness has good reason to think that they should be alone, say you're locked in a room by yourself mm. and no one should be able to get in, then you might say that is a ghost. Yeah. Um, I think actually, just to, to sort of reinforce that idea i think one of the most convincing uh, articles i read recently is was in the spr the society of Psychical research yeah. um and it was uh uh talking about manifestation that people being in a restricted area um certainly entrance what well, i think was under sort of security it was obviously as i say restricted area and they came across or they they walked past somebody um, in this restricted area, they didn't recognise that person. That person didn't acknowledge them. Certainly looked very real. Um, and I think by the time the the two people suddenly realised what they'd seen, and they looked back, that person had disappeared, and there was absolutely no record of there being anybody else in that restricted area. So that bears that out um, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, I suppose, evidence. Although, of course, it's only what they're they're saying there's there's no photographic evidence or anything else to to support it unfortunately no and uh, another reason what would make you think it might be a ghost rather than a person is if it walks through a wall so you know that a human can't walk through a solid object and if you see a figure walk through a wall then that would probably increase the probability that um, it is what is supposed to be a, a ghost. Yes, and yeah. I can, from my own experience, I can I, I can say that I've seen that um, when I was a young boy, very young, three. Um, I did see an apparition of a woman which was solid walk through a door, and I knew from that age that people couldn't walk through doors, yes. uh, and it did freak me out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, scary stuff. Yeah. Um, so we continue with vision, um, peripheral vision. So a lot of shadow faces, uh, sorry, shadow figures of men or persons tend to be reported to be seen out the corner of their eye, people's yep. corner of their eye. Yes. And there's there's a big problem with that is that we know, well, you know, when you dissect eyes and you look at how peripheral vision works, your peripheral vision is not designed to be detailed. It's you know, there's actually very little of the human eye that is very good at seeing detail, and that's usually when you're looking directly at something. Sure. And even then, what your eye does, it it scans. It never keeps still. Your eye is always moving. Right. And yeah. it's scanning, scanning, scanning the area yeah. in front of you, and then your brain then constructs the picture, does the rest. Yes. So again, that saying of that we see with our brains is very true, and because of that. Um, you know, this is where misperceptions can come in, because our eyes are not full, full, foolproof. You know, if you 
see something that, particularly at the corner of your eye, um, it, it's a problem because um, Morris here describes how the rods that are um, in your eye, um, these are the ones that are on that that detect movement in light at the side, but they're not very good at um, with colour. So you're more likely to see black and white shapes from the peripherals That's of your eye. Yeah. Yes. And if you did turn to look at an object, I would kind of eye, uh, then you would start to see detail in colour. So if you were to see a red vase at the corner of your eye, you might not see the red. You might just see a, 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 a very grey shape. Uh-huh. But then as soon as you start focusing on it, you know, the colour comes out. Sure. And, you know, this this is very interesting because if if you because because your brain fills in the gaps and 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 if you were to um so what was a vague dark shadow on the corner of your eye it could it could it could turn into a very um different shaped object in full color once you look at it and sometimes the difference will be so pronounced that the original object what you thought you saw will just um, will vanish. Right. Okay. Will vanish. Do, you, do you think this is something to do with the sort of the fight or flight? The fact that you know, if you catch something out of the corner of your eye, in some ways it catches your attention. Um, I don't know. That, that's the way I always imagine it to be. Um, so therefore, you're, you know, you, you've got, you've got the detail in front of you, but if you catch something out of the corner of your eye, um, it pr- almost puts you on alert. And I, I wonder whether that's again sort of a psychological factor in that uh, when when people see these things and say mm-hmm. it was i saw it and it was in the corner of my eye uh, your explanation would perhaps enforce the, the idea that uh, you turn around and it's not there because obviously you're not seeing the full object in that sense um, but it's there just to catch your attention and once you get that um, attention uh, you're, you're in a sort of a position where you you sort of you you're, should i be moving away from it or should I be engaging it so I wonder if it's part of that it's just almost a psychological thing well yeah I mean what they've what they found is that when people generally report they've seen something they're not lying you know the brain will fill in the gap so the the brain will put in a visual substitution into their brain into their brain (laughs) the process and they'll be convinced that actually saw that yes and then when they turn to look at more detail, it suddenly goes, it's gone. You know, that that's just the brain readjusting itself to think, okay, yep, that wasn't there. But they're, they're convinced it was there. Yeah. Because right. And what happens is your brain does this uh, before you're consciously aware of it. Yes. So, so it fills yeah. in the gap yeah. before you're even aware of it. Yes, yes. So that's something to consider, basically. Um, so these shadow ghosts, I mean, I've seen two shadow, shadow people in my lifetime. Uh, one was at the corner of my eye, um, and it was in a long corridor. It was in a little corridor, and I saw this movement come towards me. It looked like a humanoid. I said, "It was because it was coming towards me." I, I, I said, "Sorry," and moved out the way as if it was going to go past. And then I suddenly realised there's nobody there. Right. So, so if I was to look at this explanation, then you know I could then 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 this we could say that anything, any movement or any anything out of the peripheral of your eye mm. will have no colour. And it's just my brain misinterpreted yeah. something to yeah. the side of me. Um, the other shadow person I saw was uh, on the end, of, like near my bed when I woke up. It had red eyes, uh, but it was more of a black mass rather than a humanoid shape. But it did have a head shape. 
Right. Uh, but then I think I've talked about this before. I mean, that, the, the whole hypnopompic experience of waking up from yes. a dream state. Yes. I mean, I can't rule that out. But it, I mean, that was when I was living in a haunted house that had a lot of uh, things going on. So um, that was an interesting experience for me. So night vision. So when, when, when you're looking at things in dark light, you know, you're, you're a lot more open to mis misperception and that. And and I think something's worth to, to consider is when you move from bright light to dark darkness, um, it takes, I think it takes about 30 minutes, 40 minutes for your eyes to adjust fully. And, okay. Uh, and then you can misperceive things in the darkness. Um, yeah. And it's interesting how... And Morris Townsend here points out that a lot of these ghost vigils are done by people who are doing a dark a vigil in darkness, coming out for a break in light um, for ten minutes, going back into darkness, coming out in the light, going back into darkness. So I mean, that's not is actually good for a proper yeah. investigation. Basically. And again, that's uh, down to the I guess the the saying tricks of the light. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it can be that. Yeah, I think. Um, some people might say, you know, some people might say, well, not everything's a misperception. Um, and a couple of objections to that might be, you know, well, we would notice if we were misperceiving. People might say, well, of course he would know if you were misperceived something. And um, Morris is saying, well, we, we actually misperceive all the time because our brain shows, shows us what we expect to see. So in a way... We all misperceive it's the way we are wired, mm. uh, and we don't notice anything odd. Sometimes we're aware of the possibility of misperceiving, um, but most people never do. Even when they point it out to them, when it's pointed out to them, they won't they won't notice it. Um, some people might say, "Well, aren't misperceptions supposed to be poorly visible? You know, if if you see something that is mistaken, then it's supposed to be poorly visible." Um, and he says that many perceptions are caused by poorly seen objects, like strong patterns of light and shade can cause them. However, the object that the that is substituted for them comes from visual memory. So your brain yes. is going through your memory banks, thinking, "Let me pick an object out yeah. and put it in there," and then that can look perfectly normal and contain a lot of detail. Right. Okay. So while you're, you're while you're misperceiving something for uh, and you don't actually see the real object causing yeah. it at all. What you're see, what you think you're seeing, is a substitute. Yes. So uh, it's almost like your brain's photoshopping. Yeah, the yeah. Just looking at, yeah. And and then someone might say, well, misperception only happens to some people in special circumstances. And again, he talks about, no, no, we all misperceive. It's part of our normal way of perception works. So basically, I think what we're saying is, is basically our brain is um, low grade. <laughs> 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 I suppose you have to be careful who you'd accuse of having a low-grade brain, but uh, but I think that the, the point is that um, I, th I think we we take we take everything for granted that we see, um, and we don't necessarily challenge it. We just assume that what we're seeing is it, mm. um, and I and I think the thing is that uh, we we probably have a, a poor understanding of our own perceptions uh, and the the things that can influence. That what we're seeing, those perceptions. So I, I guess that in a lot of cases of, of reported sightings of apparitions, ghosts, whatever, um, a lot of it could probably be explained. But of course, the trouble is, it's at the moment. There's no way of recording your sight, 
um, all you're then relying on is is eyewitness testimony eyewitness testimony yeah vision and and and, and that is another topic in itself basically yeah. how people report these incidences sure. from memory yeah um but i think overall if you were to if you thought you were seeing things then you would have to take into consideration how the eye works how your brain processes it how it fills in gaps how low light affects your vision how peripheral peripheral vision affects what you you perceive to see and I, I can hold my hands up and think you know i was convinced i definitely saw a shadow person sure. at the funeral but now that i've looked at how the eye works and how peripheral vision works and how it lacks detail and colour, then why not see black yeah. shapes out there corner of your Absolutely, own? and yeah. particularly if you're in a sort of highly emotional state, as you would be at a funeral anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for that, Andy. No um, I yeah. think that's uh, that wraps it up. So, uh, to kind of phrase, uh, I'll keep an eye open for you. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.